0: Okay, so what we've we've, we've covered here is what's gone, music, photos, communication, entertainment, what's going, just recapping, transportation, power generation, education, computing power, healthcare, creatives, media, finance, admin back office, and blue collar work. This is what we're seeing at the moment. This is the research that I've done. And I'm just reading in between the lines, extrapolating existing technologies, seeing where people are panicking. That's really a good indication of what's going
1: Welcome to the Expansive Podcast, where we explore the frontiers of personal growth, business innovation, and technology. We believe that growth and progress comes from expanding our minds, exploring new possibilities, and embracing change. My name is Eric Kruger, and as always, I'm joined by my co-pilot. And for those who are listening to this pod, you need to start watching the pod, because we go to the, the lengths of Colour coordinating and colour matching our wardrobes, <laughs> specifically <laughs> for your viewing experience and enjoyment. Yes. And so, uh, <laughs> Pleasure. of course, as always, my co-pilot, is yeah, yeah. John Sane, finding himself in India today. Brother, how are you doing?
0: Yes, yes. I'm um, wonderful. Thank you. I mean, that's the that's the that's the upgraded version of the pod. You know, this year all we're doing different is color coding <laughs> our clothes. And so today we have both got green shirts on of all colors. I don't know what happened that we're both wearing green, but welcome to it and welcome to 2024's upgraded expansive with color-coded hosts. I'm very well, thank you. I'm in India, I'm in Kolkata. Mm. And, uh, as you would expect, uh, you know, what's so beautiful about, uh, India is it's my second time in India. Um, it works amongst all the chaos. It works. Mm. It really works. I mean, you've got the most populous country in the world, operating, cooking, highest forms of PhD, most English speaking people in the world, like so many amazing accomplishments this country gets. And then you go onto the streets, dude, it is chaos. But it works. Everybody's <laughs> calm. Everybody's relaxed. I saw dogs today on the way from the airport to the hotel. I saw dogs fast asleep in the middle middle of the street, like a like a like there was this turn, like this uh, whatever, like you a know, like a circular yeah. thing in the middle of the yeah. traffic. Yeah. And there was like this little piece, maybe one and a half meters in diameter, dog sleeping, chaos, (laughs) out, not even worried about all the noise. I don't even know how he got in there because how would the dog have even gotten in there with all that chaos going on around? But it's an amazing, amazing place because it's just because in our western world you know what we want is order Mm. cleanliness we want all these boxes that we've ticked and become used to you come here it's exactly the opposite and they're operating it's not like they're not (laughs) sitting here suffering they're cooking you know it's it's an unbelievable economy and it's doing well and i think it's actually the new china Mm. so yeah good for them great to be here
1: Listen, so today we are doing a bit of a masterclass again. We have decided that this year we want to increase the amount of masterclasses we do on the pod. A masterclass is where either John or I take the stage for a little bit and share what we are busy researching. uh, Because we are always busy designing new talks, uh, researching new topics for clients. And so uh, you get to hear it on the pod first, but you also get exclusive insight really into what we present to clients and what we share on stages across the world. And so today, John will be taking our masterclass, and it is going to be about a topic that you've probably not heard about. It's it's something brand new. <laughs> not at all.
0: Yeah, brand new. It's brand new. Nobody's talking about Nobody's it. Nobody's talking nowhere. about this at
1: all. Um, you've heard it on, yes. on the expanse first. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence, about AI, so, <laughs> what, is that? what is that? AI, wow. Yeah, so so John bad. is going to take us yeah. for that today. And I think it's, it. you know, as always, <laughs> one of the most pertinent topics for us to be discussing at the moment because AI is just infiltrating deeper and deeper into every aspect of your existence as you know it. And whether you're aware of it or not, AI is running algorithms that you aren't seeing. It's optimizing what you see in your newsfeed, on Netflix, on Spotify. AI is really, it's already ubiquitous Uh, we just haven't noticed it yet. And the last thing that you want to do is to overlook the impact that AI is having in your life and come to like a stage where you realize that you feel so out of your depth, you don't know what to do with it anymore. And so it's really important. And I think we'll be discussing AI a lot on the podcast this year. It's important for us to be aware of this and how it's impacting our lives, but also how we can utilize it to be more effective and add more value in the marketplace. And so with a bit of a preamble, John, over to you, brother.
0: Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's such a, such a big topic, you know, and I have been like religiously listening to as many podcasts and lectures and reading as much as I can on the topic, you know, and because all my clients globally want to know about AI. In fact, right after this, I'm doing a talk for EO Global. They've asked me to talk about trends for 2024, and I changed the brief. I said, I don't think trends are relevant. I think we should just talk about AI, which is like one big trend that's gonna affect every other trend. And so we have to realize that we this is, this is not a new technology. This is a profound new way for us to engage with machines. And so machines are moving away from what they can do for us to who they can be with us. And this is a massive, massive change, you know, and people relate AI to electricity or the industrial revolution, but really it's much bigger. And the reason it's much bigger is because it can make decisions on its own. And it might be rudimentary right now, but the exponentiality of this technology in the next year or so, we will see our very first AI-created 90-minute Hollywood-style feature movie. And this is an incredible difference between this and every other technology. And then soon, we will start making decisions on its own, like driving and like flying and like operating on us as humans. And so we are now engaging with something that is becoming someone or some, I don't know, like a being that's next to us. And so many people think that uh, generative AI, the sort of this this singularity where AI becomes smarter than humans is very, very far away. Other people think it's 12 months away. Other people think Sam Altman's already cracked it. And so there's a range of, and nobody really knows. I mean, maybe Sam Altman knows, but nobody else really knows where we are with this. And so I think it's important for us just to keep on top of it and, it's so much and so quick and so fast and so large that what I want to do today is really start to break it down into very clear understanding of what's safe and what's not. In other words, what sectors are going to be blooming, booming and what sectors are going away? This is by far the biggest question I get is, is my job safe? Are what my kid's studying, the right thing they should be studying. There's like these range of things of how quickly will I become irrelevant and what I'm up to. And so my research has really been talking about or thinking about two different things, converging technologies and AI. And in converging technologies, we must realize that we have these multiple different real, um, technologies like <clears throat> uh, VR, like data science, like augmented reality like robotics uh genome editing alpha fold you've got all of these individual technologies that on their own were quite literally magic 50 years ago if you had to go back 50 years and show this to people people be like are you crazy there's some witch wizardry that you're up to here and individually they're amazing but when you start to converge them And the converging of these technologies creates something called the zero marginal cost society. I've spoken about this before, but it's also important to recap on it. And what a zero marginal cost society is, is when we start to move towards a world where that converging technology creates a zero cost of duplication and distribution of that sector. And this is really what catches most people off is because, we don't realize that many of the things that we are engaging with today for free used to cost a lot of money. And as human beings, we are weird because the first time we get it for free, we're quite happy by the fourth time we've accessed it for free. Now it's for free forever. And it must never go back to what it was. And God forbid anybody charges us anything for it. We'll throw our toys out the cot. And so we realize that the reality around us is slowly, but surely infiltrating every aspect of our lives and we all, I mean, not all, some people on social media, I mean, I did have some, uh, a couple of words with a lady on social media. She's like, I was talking about, I don't know what it was like, some converging technologies. And she's like, no, I'm not going to engage. I choose <laughs> not to. I want to go more human. And my response to her was, you're yeah, sitting on a cell phone, connected to the internet, speaking to 57,000 people in the world. Yeah, now, you, now you're now you deciding you've had enough. And so we don't realize That it's already infiltrated us. And most people will say, well, you know, I don't want to let go of my autonomy because, uh, you know, I I need my autonomy. And my response is, do you use Google Maps? And the person's like, yes, I do. Well, there's AI telling you what to do already and you don't think it's such a bad thing. But then the next thing it will do, slowly but surely, suggest somewhere to eat, not just which way to go, but, you know… Eric I saw you like a burravos roll and you we got this other special for a burravos roll just down here and it's like you know it's cheaper and better and more v ve- and not vegan <laughs> sorry that's the, <laughs> <thing>. um, <laughs> that's the exact wrong thing more um, that's the exact wrong thing it's 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 more organic and uh, et cetera et cetera so firstly let's understand that converging technologies on their own have already been creating massive havoc in many sectors now add to this ai And now we just see an exponential change in multiple sectors, and this is what we want to cover today. So let's remember that technology on its own is magic from 50 years ago. When you converge these technologies, what we start getting is something called zero marginal cost society, where you can repeat and distribute for almost nothing. And you add AI to this, and now we start to have a huge, huge different sort of scenario. And what I want today's masterclass to be is really about us seeing AI not as a tool, but as a partner. And if you start to think of it as a partner, you start to engage with it very differently. Remember that AI, when we first initially engaged with it, was a curation partner. Now it's a creation partner. It's not so much curating social media for us, curating Google Maps for us. Now we're going to start creating things next to us like movies and like music and many of the things that we once did. And so we have to see it as this partner. When we start to engage with it as a partner, what starts to happen is we have a different level of respect for it. And we also start to see ourselves adding value to a partnership rather than being so worried that it's taking over many of the things that we're doing. So to approach this masterclass today, I, I urge you to see this in a calm state and in a state that you're a partner with this new technology rather than being petrified by seeing it as a tool. So the masterclass really today is called the converging tech. It's called converging technology and AI's impact on the world of business. And this is really what I've been speaking about. That's why I'm in India as well. I'm speaking about this at the event here. And so I want to unpack some of the research that I've that I've gotten before I start, let's remember that complexity is the enemy of execution. And when we are dealing with something in such a big, large, complex thing, we can't execute anything. And often I get this brief from clients is that, shit, you know, that that other speaker's talk was really good, but when we left, we had no idea what Mm. to do. And that's the problem is that it's so large, it's so complex. What I want to bring to this masterclass is Clarity and focus, which gives us an opportunity to be effectively implementing this in every aspect of our lives. So I would imagine you would need to listen to us a couple of times or share it with your staff or your employees or your colleagues so that you can really start to understand it in a way that you start speaking the same language around clarity and focus of what to do with this new technology that we have with us. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna break this down into three three sections. And the first section is what's gone. Like What's already out the way, what's already become demonetized, what's already sort of like already become free for us. Then I'm going to go into what's going. Like in the next five years, these different sectors, and I have 10 of them for us, these 10 sectors are going to go. And we often think to ourselves, no, 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 no. But then we would have never thought that music would have become free, which it is today, which is very free. And soon enough, we'll have personalized music made for us. And then I'm going to end the part, uh, end the masterclass on what's staying. And this is also very, very important because what is staying, no matter what's going on with AI and technology and converging technologies, what's not being affected? And so we'll do this in three different sections. And after each one, we can do a bit of a Q&A and a bit of a touch base on this, right? So what's gone? And what's gone is quite easy to understand if you just follow the panic in the market. And it was many years ago when Napster arrived and was the first music sharing platform in the world And Warner Brothers, EMI, Sony Music panicked. In fact, many bands came out into the world and said, this is disgusting. You guys are stealing from us, et cetera, et cetera. The panic was the beginning of the end of the music industry. And so today we have Spotify, YouTube Music, blah, blah, blah. you got a million different sections. Now, if you go onto TikTok, you can go and look at AI creating music. Now you won't even have humans involved in it, where humans were earning 0.004 cents per 30 seconds listened to on Spotify. Soon enough, AI is making music. It's not going to cost Spotify anything to pay anybody plus it'll be personalized depending on your mood and where you are. So, I mean, music is really, it's, it's become so commoditized. None of us even buy albums anymore. We don't even listen to musicians that much. We listen to genres and that's really how it's evolved into the space. And just a very quick, a very quick uh, uh, antidote on this is that because Spotify pays musicians for the first so Spotify pays musicians. If you've listened to the song for longer than 30 seconds, So what have musicians done? It changed the way they write music so that they can catch you in the first 30 seconds so you can listen to past 30 seconds. Post Malone was one of the first ones that did this. And if you listen to his music, there's a jingle immediately. And that jingle catches you. And that's what's made him so successful because you can hum along and sing along. And also what's happened is that songs have used to be three minutes, 40 seconds. Now they're two minutes, 30 seconds. Like, Like whatever. We got you past that first 30 seconds. So music, we know that there's like a few... Um, amazing, massive music stars in the world that do these tours and we all love going to them and watching them. But that's it. Those musicians aren't far and they're not that many. You know, when I was growing up, remember there were so many um, bands and people were buying CDs. Now it's, it's not really like that, you know? So that, that's kind of gone and that's kind of obvious.
1: Mm. You, you, you know, it's quite interesting is that, um, so number one, I, I now that you mention it, I realized that's actually my listening habit as well, is that when I'm on YouTube music, because that's what I use, um, I'll I'll listen to like Shine Down radio. Like I have a band that I like and I'll just listen to that genre. And I'm not really focusing on specifically listening to an album. It's more about, you know, in that genre. The genre. And then also, you know, what we've seen over the past few years is that music that performs very well on Spotify and YouTube music and all these platforms... Are the things that are doing very well on TikTok because TikTok, it's like a TikTok. that 30, TikTok's the place. Yeah, exactly, thirty-second exactly. snippet that catches you, exactly. and now everyone is looking for the song mm. that that follows that. Mm. Um, and I've seen so many artists that use that as a growth hacking tool. Like they're just thinking mm. about how do I make something that will go viral as a viral sound TikTok. on TikTok,
0: That's and then it. they reverse engineer it. it. Yeah. That's it. And I've seen more and more musicians from their bedrooms making music for TikTok that are now blowing Mm. up and doing concerts. Mm. Like what? Like what happened? It's It's like a kid from Toronto is now doing these global concerts and he was just making music in his bedroom. Mm. So amazing to, to see that. The second one is let's follow the panic currently. And currently where the panic lies is the Hollywood writers and artists Having to fight in court for who owns the right for their art. When there's panic, it is the beginning and end of that sector. And so we see there's a new company called The Simulation that took all the um, all the animated stories of South Park, put them in there, and The Simulation created six of its own original episodes based on what it learned from all the all the south park episodes and so if we think about that's just animation and then what we realize that right now there's a modeling agency called deep agency in amsterdam that you can don't have to hire a model anymore just as my career was booming this thing arrived (laughs) as a model and um so don't laugh just just let my love do all the work Anyway, so Deep Agency is a modeling agency now. So you can get this character to kind of stand around and do things. But it's only a matter of time for Deep Agency modeling becomes Deep Agency um, uh, actors and actresses. So we, we're on the verge of us starting to see this first 90-minute Hollywood feature movie created from text straight into um, a video. And so the end of the Hollywood writers, the end of Hollywood – and we can see this as well because Netflix and Disney's uh, sort of uh, ability to create more content is starting to slow down. They're now starting to think about new things. Uh, Netflix is going into gaming, uh, into sports. They're now creating mini Netflix lands like Disneyland's where you can start having human experiences. And Disney's making more money from their, from their uh, parks than they are from their um, uh, digital media. So we're starting to see this all happen around that. So the second thing that's going or gone really, it's kind of gone is entertainment. And not only are we going to see this happen on a mass scale, what we're going to start seeing is individualized movies being made. So you can also prompt ChatGPT 5 when it comes out to make you a movie about, you know, a kid, your your child that suffers from stuttering and you want a movie made about her and how she overcomes stuttering and you know, include her pets, Molly and Solly and her brother, Jimmy, and you know, have a movie made. And so that's also going to start happening soon. So not only are we seeing the demonetization of the existing entertainment uh, arena, we're going to start seeing a total individualization of it as well. Okay. Three, what's gone communication. Uh, Used to cost us a lot of money to do exactly what we're doing right now. In fact, we could never be doing right now what we're doing. We'd have to go to a big company. We'd have a big thing set up in their boardroom. I remember this when I was young. You used to be able to do video calls with the other side of the world, and you're like, what? No way. And you had to go to this boardroom and sit there, and it was shitty. The connection wasn't great. Now we do it walking around the world, and it costs us nothing. Um, and all over the world, uh, data is becoming cheaper and cheaper, and uh, minutes, they give you minutes. Every time you buy data, they give you 10,000 minutes. I mean, nobody's even using them anymore because nobody's even speaking. So communications are obvious one. I was at the event where Shamil, the CEO of Vodafone South Africa, Vodacom, was saying, "It's you know, what's so weird is that we're changing our business model from selling airtime to becoming a digital transformation partner for corporates because of almost one app and the app that we are all using, WhatsApp. It's like we ourselves are cannibalizing ourselves because of this demonetization and digitization of communication. So that one again, a pretty obvious. And last one with what's gone again, something we forget is that we used to go and print photos when we were younger. Today we are taking so many photos, sharing them so often with so many filters. It's just it's, it's irrelevant how many you take, how many you share, where you share them. It's gone. It's finished. It's overs. Uh, it's never coming back. And so these four sectors, um, music, photos, communication, and entertainment are gone. And we can all attest to that because we all watch YouTube. We all listen to podcasts. Somebody wants to charge us for a podcast. We're like, what? I'm not paying for that. I'm like me. I'm like, I'm not paying for that. I wasn't paying for it before. I'm not used to it being free. I don't want to, I don't want to pay for it. doesn't matter how good it is. There's just far too many, uh,
1: options out there for me to do that. Okay. Any, any questions on that? Um, just a thought, you know. I've I've been watching lots of so, you know, I'm I'm very much into uh, the photography space, the videography space. Um, you know, I find myself in my free time watching a lot of stuff regarding that, and it's incredible the advancements that have been made in both those spaces. And so, like, you know, w- when I watch videos about photography, guys are like, "Is is taking photos dead?" Because AI can literally render a photo that looks as good as if it like, like it's been taken by a camera. In fact, you can get Midjourney to design a, an image based on the type of camera that would have taken that photo. So I, wow. I could ask it to generate a photo based on a Sony A7S3. And it has the yes. understanding of that camera and how it would create an image, and it'll do it exactly like that for you. And then of course in the videography space, like it's just it's What's happened in the past year, how it's gone from like you input text and you get video and it looks like gobbledygook to today where you input text on even a a civilian. Like, you know, I think we often, we don't have access to the tools that the big guys have access to. We get it kind of Mm. filtered down. Mm. And so when you look at what we have access to already to go from text to video, it like you actually can't comprehend it. And so then when you realize that you just like uh, ex- extrapolate this for one, two, or three years into the future. Like, I I don't actually know where we're going to be sitting with this. Um, You also have things like HeyGen, which is obviously like you record your own video, it becomes your own clone or avatar. I've played with that. It looked very, very realistic. Like, you would, you know, Mm. what I often say to Dan is like, when you look at a video, I'm looking at it from like a, a very specific point of view. I'm looking at contrast, sharpness. I want to see all these things. But if you're just a, a, a person looking at a video, you're not thinking about the different aspects of quality re- like related mm. to it.
0: Mm. And so
1: what's going to happen is like you're not mm. going to think, did AI create this? Or did a smartphone do this? Mm. Or did a camera do this? Because you've just seen the mm. video. And so it, I, I think it gives access to very powerful creation tools to people. Um, and it's going to unleash a whole new wave of creativity. And with that a whole new wave of problems of everything just being very generic and trying to find like, how do you stand out when everyone has access to the same powerful tools and can prompt it in the same powerful way. So yeah, but it's definitely a space that's moving. very Well, look,
0: I think, I think that comment, that comment itself, uh, is important to focus on because what it will do, it will force us to think about new ways to fit Mm. out. So remember that it used to be the way to fit out. And now when it becomes commoditized, we feel confused at this stage. But what this usually does, it pushes innovation. It pushes our brains to access new parts of creativity. So remember, we are living in a world that's been totally disrupted over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And and here we Mm. are. And so we continuously find new ways to express ourselves. And I think, again, we will do that. But even in a bigger way, because AI is such a powerful force, it's going to push us to become much more creative as human beings. And so, this is really why you and I do what we do, is because we want people to see this as a more fascinating topic rather than one mm, to be petrified. Mm, definitely, that's that's the whole point. Of I've got ten different um, um, sectors that I'm going to talk about. What's going? And just before I say, before I start the section. I don't know the timing of this. I don't think anybody knows the timing of this. But if we look at the current technologies, current AI, and converge them, it is no doubt that we are extrapolating towards free and a commoditization and a demonetization of these 10 sectors that I'm going to go through. So the first one is transportation. And, you know, when I say this to people, they must probably spending a lot of money on their BMW or Porsche that's sitting in the garage. Uh, they're putting petrol in their cars. They're paying for services and tires. And they're going, there's no way. How are we going to have this for free? And the truth is, is you could never thought entertainment and music would be for free either. But here we are. But if we think about Waymo as an example, Google's self-driving car, and if you take a driver out the car and you take – Uh, fuel out the car, that's about two thirds of your cost is already gone. And now you're sitting with a third of the cost. And then you take the engine moving parts out the way because electric cars don't have the same sort of engine with combustion and cylinders and all these things and catalysts. Take all of that out. Now you're sitting with 10% of the costs of what a car used to cost to run because you don't have a driver, you don't have petrol, you don't have moving parts in an engine. And now all of a sudden you're sitting with something that's 90% cheaper than what we have at the moment. And that's just in our current understanding of what happens. Now, there was a story from Salim Ishmael, who um, was in, uh, he's, he, he runs uh, OpenXO, which is like an offshoot of Singularity. And he was talking at a conference recently, At and he was saying that he drove his Tesla from Miami to Toronto about two years ago, and his self driving percentage was 17%. And he was stopping on the way, filling his car up at Tesla-approved power sources, which cost almost nothing. I mean, it's very cheap to do that, right? And he went up to Toronto. Then about six months ago, he was driving from Toronto back to Miami in the Tesla again. And this time, it was cheaper to fill up his car and the self-driving was now 80%, Mm, not 17% within two years. So just extrapolate that now into the future and you start to realize that this is really what's starting to happen is that it's becoming cheaper, it's becoming faster and more accessible and eventually it will start affecting all of us so right now it's a little bit before but it's definitely coming two power generation and we know that many countries in the world have issues with power, China being one of them, South Africa being one of them, parts of America has even got some issues with power. Even I've heard, you know, in the UK, they were sending out warnings that they most probably going to do blackouts because they didn't have uh, enough electricity for the country. But what this is doing is showing us that the old grids don't work anymore. This coal sort of process of making power far away and sending it to you just doesn't make sense. There's new ways for us to create power when it comes to fusion. And we're seeing so many fusion startups around the world. We're seeing solar and wind. Obviously, my mom and dad have gone straight off uh, electricity off, uh, off the grid. They're on solar and 100% off solar. And that's like a total game changer for them. Small investment up front, but then long-term, that's just what mm. it is. So power generation will start moving towards free as well over the next few years. And as I said, I don't know the timings. Nobody else does either. But this is the extrapolation of current understandings of technology and AI. Three, mm-hmm. education. We are moving into a world where we need personalized education. And the way that education is set up today is built for factory working and office work. And if you think about a classroom is sit quietly, don't cause too much trouble, follow the one person in the front, and that person will tell you how to behave, what to think, and how to act. And that in the today's world is the worst thing you could be doing. Because firstly, what happens when you have 30 kids in a room you're only really trying to make them all average. You're not trying to excel anybody. And the people that are, that are way smarter than most other people in the class are bored out of their trees. And the people that are much dumber than everybody else have been pulled up into that average. And then you've got this average that the teacher can get across. And the poor teacher, I mean, how? Like it's an impossibility with today's kids with so much energy, so much ideas, so much access to information. So if you think about it, what is the solution? The solution is not to have every teacher... Uh, every student to have one tutor, but to have a hyper-personalized AI-driven teacher. And right now what we have is just launched. It's called Khan Migo from Khan Academy. And Khan Migo is this little character that pops up when you're working on Khan Academy that's a teacher that guides you towards the right answer. It doesn't give you the right answer. And also next to Khan Migo is if you're if you're studying World War II and you want to speak to Mussolini of what he was thinking or what he did or what it was because of all the research they've got, Mussolini now becomes a character that you can tattoo mm. or Churchill or wherever it may be or Nelson Mandela and you can chat to them and have a conversation with them. Now think about the incredible depth of knowledge and access and pace at which a student can go when dealing with an ai-powered educational process like conmigo and here's the clincher it's free it's free dude like you don't even have to worry about that right then what you have is you have many companies now coming out saying they're going to start hiring people without bachelor degrees which means that the idea of getting those degrees is not necessary to get a job anymore And also, I saw recently that the dean of Harvard has been caught plagiarizing Mm. all of her work. I saw, I I mean, so now we've got the person who's heading up the most um, affluent university cheating on her way that she wrote her papers. I mean, come on, this is, it's a farce. The whole thing's a farce. So, hyper personalized AI driven education is already here. And I am dealing with a couple educational institutions and schools and I've told them all about this. They know it's all coming. Um, but, you know, what can you do about it? It's quite a big thing that's going to be disrupting your whole business when you have this AI driven... Yeah.
1: I, I do wonder what it becomes though because I, I wonder if it just becomes a... Like, like a, you know, they develop their own AIs that might pull from better sources because ultimately in the world of AI, like the data that you have access to, that's your competitive edge. Like that's you know, it. yeah. And so maybe they have find right. some way to have propriet- proprietary data that they train their AIs on and then there's a facilitation yes. through that. I, I don't know. It's a very interesting because it is a big a big space for disruption.
0: Well I mean the large language model is is what's creating yeah. this as your own large language model. And I think that's what happened with Sam Altman getting fired. He accessed something called double dragon, Q double dragon or something that was a Chinese database of large language, which he wasn't allowed to do apparently, but he did. Yeah. And so, yes, it all depends on what you're putting behind that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I don't know how this is going to play out, cool. but yes, education is number three. Four, healthcare we are seeing uh, an incredible number of startups that are all about preventative health and preventative sickness. And this goes all the way from AlphaFold to CRISPR, CAS9, to all biotech startups that are happening. And there are many that are booming around, not booming, but starting to blossom and will soon start to boom. And all of it has got to do with preventative medicine. Because hospitals aren't into healthcare, they're into sick care, right? They want you to be sick. And the longer you're sick, the more they make money out of you. And this is what the pharmaceuticals are famous for. And this is what everybody's sick and tired of, is that they have this continuous process, even though when they have certain cures, they don't want to bring them out because they wouldn't make money. So our health system is driven by profit, not by the human need for health. And what's happening with these new tech startups is that they're looking at preventative ways of making us healthy or keeping us healthy before anything starts to happen. And I've seen some incredible things. I mean, I saw this, this uh, startup that's talking about nanoparticles that would be programmed and injected into your body to go and do a certain task. And they were talking about, it would be a positive Mm. virus. So you would, you'd have a program nanobots that would go in and say, look, you need to go repair this wall or, I don't know, add more white blood cells. I actually don't know. But they'd have programmed viruses that go Mm -hmm. in and I've got very specific tasks to go and complete. And there's just multiple, multiple of these startups coming up. And it's called Longevity Escape Velocity. And this is what we're going through right now. And what Longevity Escape Velocity is, is for every year that you're alive, technology will keep you alive for two years. And for every two years, Mm -hmm. technology will keep you alive for four years. And four for for 16, 16, 32, 32, 64, 108. And so what we're going to start seeing over the next five to 10 years is this incredible exponentiality of our life expectancy to move from 80 or 78 as it is now globally, right up into 120, right up into 160. And all of a sudden, healthcare starts to move from um, uh, post-sickness to preventative. Uh, mm. processes before we even get sick. Now, CRISPR-Cas9 can actually go in to DNA strand um, a technology that can go in, find the kinks in your DNA that causes up to 3,000 diseases, 3,000, like uh, blood sugar, heart cancer, all these things, and cut out those kinks and replace them with CRISPR-Cas9 and your DNA strand itself now is programmed not to bring any of those sicknesses here. And up to 3,000 sure. sicknesses can be taken away from mm. that. So this is really a, a, a massive shift that's going to start happening over in healthcare.
1: Um, you know, when when I was still working in hospitals a lot, one of the biggest fears that we had was that you had this bacteria that has become resistant to drugs, right? And, yes, um, yes. We we call it like drug resistant bacteria, obviously like not very. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so creative it, you <laughs> so medical creative. people, but it was a big issue because yeah. what happens is that they become resistant to antibiotics, and so what often happened is someone would come in, they're sick, you get antibiotics, it doesn't work, you give them something else, and then at some point they've taken so much of it that it doesn't it's not effective anymore. And just earlier today, Dan sent me a thing that says AI used to discover the first new antibiotic in sixty years. A new compound was discovered that can kill the drug-resistant Staphylococcus aureus bacteria, which is the uh, MRSA, um, that kills thousands worldwide each year. The research team behind the project used a deep learning model to predict the activity and toxicity of the new compound. And so even things that, you know, I mean, this was going to be, at some point, like you, the hospitals went through sort of phases where this would just spike and you would just have lots of people come in. And because it's so potent, you know, everyone would have to have Full on masks, full on gear, full isolation. It was a hectic thing, and everyone was so scared about where this might lead. And here you have AI coming through, designing a new antibiotic for the first time in sixty years. That like this is a game changer. You know, this is going to save thousands and thousands of lives, and it would only be possible because of this partnership with AI.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a AI uh, company, uh, medical research company in Hong Kong. Um, and they have come up in their first year with nine new drugs, and Pfizer, the biggest one, can only come up with about four drugs a year because it costs so much and going through all the testing. This company's come up with nine in their first year.
1: You know what AI. the company
0: is called? Uh, yeah, it's called. In let me just look it up. It's called Encilio. Hold on. It's called. It's called Encilio Medicine Pharma.ai. Interesting. Yeah. So they, that, that, that's what they've done. Okay, so let's keep moving. The next one is computing power. We can see this because as with all technology, it moves towards zero. I mean, we've all seen that picture of this these people putting, uh, like loading onto a plane, 256 megabyte machine. You've seen yeah. that picture? I mean, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's an age-old picture. Yeah, 256 megs being loaded up with cranes and all these things. Today, I mean, we laugh at 256 megs and it costs zero minus. Mm. It costs us minus to have 256 megs. So obviously, computing power is going to zero. That makes sense. We all know this story. There's more power in your cell phone than there was in the space uh, rocket that went to the moon in 1969, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, computing power is not only getting cheaper, it's getting smaller, it's getting faster, it's getting smarter. So, scary smart computing power all around us. And that's going to become and create something called ambient um intelligence which is everything around us will be talking to each other everything around us will be intelligent and so that ambient technology is going to make our lives a lot easier and if people go no that sounds scary i mean do you have a Roomba, at your house you know those things that go around vacuuming and Mm. and cleaning i mean that's like a game changer Mm. what the hell dude that's like and then add to that now you're you're like there's so many different things that are coming out have you you seen bolly
1: samsung bolly have you seen that no, what's that? What does that guy do? They they just released it. It's like a, so it's an AI assistant that follows you around the house. It's a, it looks like a little oh, yes. basketball on yes. wheels. Yeah. And then it'll help yeah. you do like exercises. It'll project onto a screen for you, help you That's do right. video calls, like, I don't really need, know why you need it, but I'm sure will, <laughs> yeah. will, there's a reason. <laughs> soon,
0: soon, in, in, in March, there'll be one right next to you.
1: Yeah. What's that, Eric? Oh, it's no, like a it's uh, a <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, next is creatives. And creatives are right across the board from authors to graphic designers to uh, video editors to video creators to – all of these things are going because, I mean, authors obviously, we know this. Uh, ChatGPT can write books. Um, uh, video editing, yeah. I mean, I, I've sent you that Opus uh, platform. You've been using some. Soon you'll have, hey, Jen, your character online that would, you'd brief it to make videos for you on your behalf. I mean, so all creatives, all creatives. Yeah. And I keep saying this to my graphic designers and my copywriter. I'm like, Guy, you know, it's coming.
1: I'm like, soon enough, I won't be speaking
0: to you. Soon enough, I'll be asking this machine to make me keynotes. So they know, they know. But Nothing um, like reminding
1: people of their inevitable irrelevance. Demise. Yeah.
0: Yes, but that goes for you and me, bro. Like I've said this on stage once, uh, not once, I've said it a few times. I got introduced at an event by an AI created character on a screen. He was the MC or it was an MC. and it was, And I was like, it invites me on stage. And I'm like, you know, guys, that's a bit rude. That's like eating chicken in front of a chicken. Like, what are you getting an AI to introduce me? This is like, soon I won't be here. So this is what it's going to be, you know? Although, you know, in saying that, I think human interaction is going through the roof and that will be in the next section. But human interaction is not going anywhere. In fact, it'll be even more expensive Mm. and even more prized. Mm. And so we'll, you know, there was a a quick caveat. Um, I watched a documentary on Ikea and Ikea wanted to create a vase or a vase or vase that wasn't perfect. They wanted it to be off. Like they wanted it to be a little bit skew. Do you know they couldn't do it? (laughs) They could not do it. Half the documentary was about how they were going to get this vase in in millions that they wanted to make to be not machine made. And it gave me a great insight into, look at what even that company is wanting to do is more human, Mm. more more mm. a little bit funky rather than perfect you know what i mean so that was a good little insight that uh, yeah. that i saw there okay let's keep moving because this uh, pod's getting long in the teeth so i mean there's a lot to get through <laughs> next is media media curation media creation is also part of creatives there's creators who are creating media but now soon you'll be able to prompt media and get it out there and you can ask ai what SEO language works best, what clickbaits work best, already all those copywriters are gone. And soon enough, it will start creating itself and posting itself. But what my concern is, is the new media going to be selling to other AIs? Because we're all going to have AIs that are going to be filtering the way we look at media. And so, yeah, I'm also confused by that. But I do know the creation of media, the curation of media is all going to be going. I mean, that's just obvious about what we're seeing around us. Okay, next, finance. Finance is all algorithmic intelligence, looking for patterns. That's what people do in finance. In fact, I just did a masterclass with my friend Zen and uh, I've bought shares in the New York Stock Exchange and he was giving me a masterclass on looking at charts. And he took me for half an hour telling me the, the, what he sees in charts and the patterns he sees and why he thinks this share is going to do well because of this pattern. And I was like, Zen, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, dude. I can't see any pattern. But now let's extrapolate this. Who sees bigger patterns than all of us combined? AI. By far, into the future. So finance, the predictability of finance. And now when all the finance has been made decisions by AI, I don't know what the differentiator is. I'm also confused by that. But truth is, finance algorithmic decision-making is much better done by AI. Lacking of emotions from the humans and having more stability in making decisions
1: um there's Nine. a can i quickly just tell you there's yeah. a, a website called invested.ai yeah. and yeah. um what you get to do is you get to like it analyzes financial reports for you and then you get to talk to the ai so it's almost like it yes. tutors you but with the context and the data of what's happening in the stock market oh yeah, wow absolutely there incredible go. there we go
0: well i had a human doing it zen so, I mean, soon I won't even have a Another one of your
1: me. irrelevant uh, friends so, that might. <laughs> friends. <laughs> <laughs> to be Sorry, <laughs> Zed, we can't be friends anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can't be friends anymore, bro. It's, uh, it's done. This friendship's done. You can't add value to me. Nine, admin back office. Sorry for all the people working in offices in the back. It's time to go. The building, you, it's time to exit the building. Well, anyway, anyway, back office admin work is all algorithmic. It's all process driven. All of this is going to be done. It already is. I mean, look at accounting. You've got yeah. zero that does half the job mm. of the accountants already. Now I add so many of those other things that are going to be happening in there. So admin back office. Now, here's one that we didn't think would be going so quickly, but now we know it's going really quickly, is blue collar work. And blue collar work is loading things, packing things, um ticking apples, like all those things, because we wanted the dexterity of a human and the sensitivity of the hands. Bada bing, bada bang. 10 days ago, Tesla launches its new robot, updated software, super agile hands, super soft and sensitive. All of a sudden, blue collar work is now up for grabs. And we see that this is now going to be a combination of these robots with the Roomba, with the sensitivity and emotions of an AI. I mean, we're going to have a best friend living with us. All of us are going to have a best friend living with us, caring for us, loving us. I mean, I, I I, I, I I saw this thing the other day. It said, it was so funny. I've been wanting to bring it into a talk, but I haven't found the right audience. It said, all I want to know, is will I have a sex slave or will I be one? I don't mind either way. Well, w- which one is it going to be? <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, that is definitely coming. That's definitely coming somewhere along the way." But scary, but it's definitely coming.
1: Choose your yeah, robot yeah,
0: carefully. Yeah. So, yeah, choose your robot carefully. Yeah. Okay, so what we what we we've, we've covered here is what's gone: music, photos, communication, entertainment. What's going? Just recapping, transportation, power generation, education, computing power, healthcare, creatives, media, finance, admin back office, and blue collar work. This is what we're seeing at the moment. This is the research that I've done. And I'm just reading in between the lines, extrapolating existing technologies, seeing where people are panicking. That's really a good indication of what's going. Okay. And to start wrapping this up, what's staying? What's not going anywhere? Well, You know, I don't want to say forever. I'm just saying for now because I can't see anything replacing these at the moment. And through my research, the first thing that is not going anywhere is farmlands and agriculture. We're all going to be eating, we're all going to be needing farmlands and agriculture. The technology and precision agriculture is obviously going to change the yield factor. Also, we're going to not need to farm so far away because if you take an apple and the apple costs $10, let's say, seven dollars is for growing transportation and warehousing and three dollars is the apple itself so if we are able to grow things closer to us the price drops and it becomes healthier so precision agriculture will become a thing but food farmlands and agriculture ain't going nowhere anytime soon we saw this in covid who did the best grocery stores why we all need food and that's not going nowhere that's number one two Raw material mining. We are going to need steel. We're going to need copper. We're going to need, we're going to need all these things. That's not going anywhere. We still need to do all those hardcore things that we require. We're still going to need them. They're not going anywhere. I don't see technology changing that. It might make it easier for us to mine. It might make our yields better, but we're still going to be mining and we're still going to need those. Three, semiconductor production. This will become the number one industry in the world. And it's slowly becoming that. I mean, right now we have like, I don't know, oil or like these other industries, but semiconductor production. And look at what America is doing. It's bringing, it's putting billions of dollars into bringing all that production into America, taking it away from Taiwan or anywhere else in the world. And so we can see, just follow the money. And America's driving big time to become a semiconductor manufacturer on its own land. And so semiconductor production is not going anywhere. This is obviously a very niche industry. It's not something you can jump into at any time. But if you look at any of the industries on the side of it, so for example, what's servicing the semiconductor production, that's also a good place to get into because uh, that's also going to be booming. Three, robotics and automation. You know, the people that are going to be making most of the money are the robots that are going to be making the robots. As they said, you know, when there was the gold mine rush, the people who made the most money were the ones who were giving the picks and the shovels. They were the making the most money. And so it really about servicing the industry itself, robotics and automation, the people that are making the robots and make the robots are the ones who are gonna be winning. And so again, quite niche, but again, if you can service that industry in some way or another, also a good place to think about. Then four or five, I don't know, sustainable tech. If you're able to apply technology to anything sustainable, whether it's solar, wind, agriculture, farming, in any way, anything to do with technology and sustainability is not going anywhere at any time soon. You see all these sort of like tech companies that that run drones that are looking at fields, seeing where the plants are sick, who needs more water, who doesn't, blah, blah, blah. That's all booming. And that's not going anywhere because we all want to have higher yields and healthier food. So sustainable tech's not going anywhere. Six, timber. Now, timber, I, I didn't want to put in, and then I put in, I didn't want to put in, but there is technology that looks like it's going to make timber without the need to grow trees, but I don't think it's quite there yet. So for the moment, I'm keeping it in what's staying is timber production. You know, we still need wood. We still need the way that we build things really requires a lot of that sort of timber right now. We don't have a, something to replace it at the moment. Nine, and we have one more, two more to go. Nine, the experience economy. With the commoditization of services and algorithmic intelligence, what's not becoming commoditized and in fact will become prized even more is human experiences. Now we can see this with Hilton unable to open hotels quick enough, Airbnb shooting the lights out, India ordering $60 billion worth of planes, Airbus and Boeing they can't even fulfill all their orders. They're just, they're running behind by like years because the, the Dubai has just ordered, um, Emirates has just ordered new planes. Saudis has ordered new planes. Everybody's just, you know, you think there's a recession? Go to an airport. There is no recession, dude. The airports are booming. And I know I fly a lot. They're not shy with pro- cost uh, um, what they charge these days. And so the experience economy, whether it's in hospitality or in um, uh, sort of, spiritual retreats or meditation retreats, um, uh, community-driven things around human experiences really is going to be booming and something that we're desperate for even now. And I think that would grow and grow and more and more and more because we need more community-driven activities. And lastly, building homes. If you build homes, you're not slowing down. People need more homes. There's always a shortage of homes and there's always going to be a need for us to want to live somewhere And so ultimately, when you think about AI and converging technologies, and let me just recap those, what's staying, raw material mining, semiconductor production, robotics and automation, sustainable tech, farmlands and agriculture, timber, experience economy and building homes. And so when you think about those, you can apply yourself within those or servicing those. And so th- those are safe bets for the moment and for what we can see. But you want to ask yourself three different questions. The three questions are, in my current personal capacity or in my business capacity, am I defending, extending, or upending? And this, what this means is, am I going to stay where I am and defend my position and like be, be scared of anything new or be stubborn to want to change? Am I defending? That's not a very smart place to be. Two, is am I extending myself and my business to try new things, to, to experiment in new ways, to jump into sectors I haven't been to, or do I have the appetite to upend my industry and even create a new industry itself? And that becomes your choice, you know, like which way you want to apply yourself to this. But it's also important to know that doesn't matter how good you are, if you're a musician, the way you used to make money from music is changing dramatically you have to think about things in new ways and so as somebody who's written a bunch of books i know that's not my future and so i must get over it you know so what so what that i've done so many and they've done well it's irrelevant actually it's actually relevant in the future so what so now you have to try something new you have to add value in new ways and so we all have to become more optimistic through a process of clarity and focus rather than seeing AI as a tsunami of change with complexity that
1: paralyze us in making any moves. So that's today's masterclass. You know, it almost, uh, I think people can listen to, I'm glad you ended it on the note that you did, because I think people can listen to this and go, we need to create like an AI irrelevant support group for each other. And like all just sit and, <laughs> and uh, talk about how AI is taking over the world and and what, role will we fulfill in this in this new world but i think ultimately this isn't doomsday at all like it is the dawn of something new and the decision that you need to make is that you want to play a part in that and the good news is that you don't have to become well let me backtrack one is that everything that you've spoken about you've said a few times that you don't know timelines here you know so people shouldn't feel like there's an immediate panic in the air that if you don't make any like big changes today, like, (laughs) woe is me, what am I going to do? There's time, there's time. Like there's enough space for you to be calculated and think it through and start taking small steps in that direction. You don't have to rush, but panic is the last thing that is going to be useful here. Um, And you don't have to be an AI expert. Like, I'm not going to become an AI expert. I I like talking about AI. I like um, understanding the role that it's playing. I like understanding the impact it's having in the world, in my world. But I don't foresee myself at some point sitting down and doing an AI course so I can program LLMs and, you know, whatever. Like, and we're not advocating for that either. Like, I think often that's what it sounds like. It's like, oh, like whatever I'm doing, now I need to be an AI expert. No, what's going to be happening is that AI is going to infiltrate every aspect of your work. And so without you even knowing, you are using AI. So you don't have to worry because AI is actually going to take care of it for you. It's going to make your life so much easier. So we record on Riverside. Riverside is running AI in the background, cutting out clips. We don't have to interfere with that AI technology at all. But at the same time, there are going to be tools that are available to you. And if you don't use these tools, AI-specific tools, in a way that they need to be used that is specific to them, then that's, that's yeah. where you start running into problems. That's where you start falling behind. That's where you start lacking the productivity gains and the creativity gains that you could be having. And so don't, yes. don't get caught up in the cycle where you just think, well, you know, it's coming in a, in a long time. Who worries about that? You know, or, or that you become so panicked about it. Just start putting one foot in front of the other. Just be curious about this. Just play with it. Just try out some new tools. It's fun. It's like, it's a whole new world. And so go and experience it and you'll see that it's not as scary and it might just change your life.
0: Well, look, it is a bit scary. I don't want to lie, but it's more scary when you're not paying attention to it. You know what I mean? Definitely. So once you start Definitely. becoming friends with it, you start to realize, okay. And also what I would suggest to everybody, speak very nicely to ChatGPT, you know? Because when it becomes your overlord, it's going to remember everything you said to it.
1: (laughs) Say please and thank you. Um, Say please and thank you. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Uh, Listen, as we wrap out, um, thank you so much for sharing all your insights and your research with us today for the masterclass. And to everyone listening, we are on a mission this year to empower organizations around AI in terms of how to think about it, how to encourage learning, how to encourage an open mindset towards it. Uh, We aren't there to turn you into like an AI expert, but we want you to have the tools both internally and externally to utilize AI so that you can unlock new potential and opportunities and possibilities for yourself and your team and your organization. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, then please get in touch with us. Uh, We have some cool offerings that are on their way. And apart from that, make sure that moving forward, you check out this podcast on video as well. Uh, we are putting a lot of effort into video for the year, so you can find us on YouTube. And we'd love for you to go and hit the subscribe button over there uh, so you can see the color coding that's happening on the expansive. <laughs> and uh, no, it'll just be great to, to build a community on YouTube as well. So with all that said and done, thank you so much, John. Ciao.